0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من سيئات أعمالنا ومن شرور أنفسنا من يهدي الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلله فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا لا اله الا الله ولا اله الا الله الذي ارسله هدى ورحمه للعالمين ارسله بالهدى ودين الحق فصلى الله على النبي الامين وعلى آلي وأصحابي وانتبعوا بإحسان إلى يوم الدين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وقلبا خاشعا وعملا متقبلا ربنا تقبل منا يا علي وعظيم وَنَسْأَلُكَ الشَّفَاءَ إِنَّ الشَّفَاءَ تَتَحِقُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ We start in the name of Allah, the most glorious, the most merciful, the most compassionate. And we recall all blessings and peace upon the Prophet Muhammad and his family and companions, and to all those who follow the message of the Prophet, upstanding and righteous until the final day. Subhanallah, Allah is the owner and supreme and sovereign over human affairs. Allah gave us a most powerful blessing. the most magnanimous charge and obligation Allah who made us inherit this earth with all that is on it and in it and with it until the hereafter where Allah will receive this earth from us human beings and there will be a full accounting for what we've done during this time on earth and the ways that we discharge this obligation indeed allah gave us all the normative directions that one would need to create divinity on this earth. And in the same way, Allah tells us that Allah forbade injustice upon the Divine Self. It is impossible for the Divine to commit injustice or be unjust. It is impossible because Allah tells us that Allah will never allow the divine self to ever be unjust. Zulm, injustice, oppression, and tyranny is morally forbidden for God and by God. And because it is morally forbidden by no less than God, even for God, so that God, God self will never commit zulm, injustice. A priori it is an obligation upon us human beings. A priori God has told us that injustice, zulm, is so ugly, so grotesque, that it is impossible for the Divine, for Allah, to ever indulge in it. And God gave us the firm advice the firm, unwavering advice that I gave you this earth so that you will establish upon this earth justice. And also warned us that the consequences of injustice are disastrous. In Surah Hud, Allah tells us explicitly Kazalika Kazalika Akdura Bika Iza Akhazah Qura Wahiaza Limatun in the Akzahu Aliemun Sharid. Here "kazalik," which is normally in Arabic grammar connotes a conclusion from prior premises presented but here kadhalik is not just a conclusion but it also connotes a promise and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala simply lays out a law of the cosmos in natural law and that natural law that when people collectively collectively fail in the obligation of justice that Allah tells them that Allah will allow the consequences, the natural consequences of injustice to befall them. And when Allah describes it in the Quran, Allah says, As if the results of injustice are sweeping. Injustice comes in and creates, in our modern language, like bad energy, negative energy. So much so, that when it sweeps, it comes in, tearing apart the very fabric of an unjust society. Tearing the fabric of an unjust society. It is very easy for contemporary Muslims To be unfamiliar and feel a sense of alienation towards, if you will, the type of buzz that the early Islamic revelation created among the people of the Near East. There is no doubt that what Islam was ideologically associated with as it exploded in the Arabian scene, scene and went on to challenge the empires of the day the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire, the buzz, if you will, the sort of ideological trope that excited people about the Islamic message and that brought people in folds to the Islamic ideal With the possibility of individual salvation without the intercession of another human power, that was a very powerful idea. The idea that you don't need a powerful priest or priestess or soothsayer or witch doctor to mediate between you and your relationship with God and your possibility of, of salvation. But the second very powerful impulse that Islam brought that excited the people of the Near East was that this is a face of dignity and justice that it upheld justice as an ideal, as an aspiration, as a dream. The issue is not whether Muslims were able to achieve justice as a sociological fact. Because, in fact, depending on how we set up the empirical measures of justice, human beings will always argue how much justice was achieved on the material ground. But it is the aspiration for a just society, the dream, if you will, that creates energy in people that creates a sense of excitement it is precisely what made the women of the very first centuries of Islam very visible and very active so that by the very first centuries we have women poets, we have women theologians, we have women jurists It is also what exploded the artistic movement that resulted in the the discovery of the secrets of calligraphy and the wisdom of shapes and understanding the relationship between space and light and time and space and sound. Muslim architecture and Muslim art dreamt of the ideal of injustice, uh, of the ideal of justice through the artistic symbols that Muslim craftsmen imagined. Modern Muslims often don't understand that much of Islamic architecture, much of the Islamic artistic movement in poetry and in music was animated by the dream of justice and dignity. It also exploded the translation movement which created bridges between the Islamic civilization and ancient civilizations. By the time Islam and the Muhammad appears on the scene, humanity had fallen into an intellectual lull and the tradition and intellectual legacy of the ancients had been forgotten. But it was this excitement about the possibilities of countering zulm, finding a way to defeat zulm, zulm, injustice that made the early Islamic civilizations to discover not just the grammatical rules for the Arabic language but to translate very widely from Persians, from Greeks, from Latin, from Syriac, from Aramaic, from Hebrew. the dream of justice does wonders. If you do not feel the impulse for justice, you look at an ill person or a sick person and you philosophize the suffering as Preordained and inevitable. If you don't have the dream of justice, in other words, if you're broken inside, if you have no fight in you, you hear of a plague and you say la quwwata illa billah, In other words, you just say a few prayers. But other than that, that, you have no aspiration, you have no dream. And so you don't do anything about it beyond muttering prayers. But if you are animated by a principle, by a dream, by a hope, you believe that disease is suffering and that suffering is a form of dhulm, you start doing research to discover a medicine, a cure for the ailment. And that is also why the field of medicine and physics and mathematics exploded in the Islamic civilization. When Allah tells us that these qura, these societies, that have acquiesced and made peace with the idea of injustice, with zulm, are doomed. A lot of Muslims think that what Allah is talking about that there will be a tsunami that comes and destroys them, there will be a volcano, there will be some natural disaster that will be a form of punishment of Allah. That could be. But it's not necessarily what the ayah is talking about. The death of a hopeless, dreamless society is in itself an agonizingly slow painful death and is in itself as if a curse from Allah it is like you've given up on yourself so Allah has given up on you you have stopped trying instead of working to honor Allah's trust to you by upholding the principles of divinity on this earth and the principles of divinity are never dhul. Think about it. Can you say with a straight face that yes, I honor Allah's trust and legacy on this earth and uh, honoring Allah's trust and legacy on this earth involves accepting dhulm, accepting oppression and accepting injustice. I don't care who you are, something inside of you, intuitively, since that can't be. It can't be that part of honoring God is tolerating dhul, because Allah is not a thalim. Allah is not a tyrant and is not unjust. So, by definition, Islam by its very premises, by its very logic, cannot honor the divine by tolerating what is the opposite in nature to the divine. What I even could say what is satanic. In the same way that darkness comes from every place that is not divine and light comes from the divine, justice comes from the divine and injustice comes from whatever is the opposite to the divine. من هو غير رباني ويتنافى مع طبيعة الإلهية. what is not godly by its nature after many years reading and reading and studying and reading some more and studying some more and often watching what human beings do and the way that human beings often destroy their own selves as if they do not like themselves very much in all that self-destructive behavior that human beings engage in. Self-destructive behavior that could include inability to maintain relations within the family, inability to honor friendships or to remain even loyal to a friend, inability to maintain social cohesion, self-destructive behavior such as Addiction to substances, including drugs, sometimes leading to suicides, broken relationships and alienated work environments, accumulation of wealth that is very inequitous and unfair, cruelty in law and policy, even... The way that the world organizes itself through a system of territorial boundaries and passports and in other words, breaking up this world into little cantinas where human beings are limited by hardly artificial rules. All of the ailments of human beings, before an ailment sets in there is a psychological acceptance of the inevitability of Zolm in one situation or another. Put simply, people simply give up. People simply say, well, there's nothing to dream of because dreaming is not possible. It's the type of syndrome that you run into, especially in law schools in the United States. The most common characteristic you run into with first year law students is a sense of deep skepticism about the law, the legal system, about the possibilities of meaning in life. But if you don't believe in the possibility, it won't be long before you abandon the ideal. And if you don't believe in the ideal, it is not long before you abandon all idealisms and if you abandon idealism then you accept statism what is as a fact that cannot be improved off and that's where injustice Mm. digs in and becomes a permanent part of society, but a rotten, foul, eroding part. And this is what Allah is talking about when Allah warns us about qura al These societies that have cursed themselves by their own injustice Allah is not just talking about some objective, empirical way of judging injustice. Allah is talking about those who have abandoned hope and accepted doom as part of the reality of life and lost even the desire to fight it. when you lose the desire because we human beings are made a certain way it will not be long before someone comes and philosophizes what started out as despair as a normative stance in favor of injustice because we don't like to say we're losers and there's nothing we can do about it so what we come and say is well you know what there's a lot of wisdom in putting up with injustice that's the philosophizing oh there's a lot of wisdom we talked in previous khutbahs about those who say Islam is about sabr, just patience in front of injustice that's the philosophizing That's the philosophizing that came in response to simply abandoning hope in making change. But if you abandon hope in making change, then you have also abandoned the presence of the Divine. Because as long as Allah exists, nothing is impossible as long as Allah exists you can never equitably and fairly come to the conclusion that this is the way things are and this is the way things will always be that's the passion of Iman, that's what Iman gives you that insistence in in the Divine Spirit and that mercy and a better, a higher state is always possible because ultimately there's a trump card, and I don't mean Trump who's in power now, I mean the trump card, the Divine card that is always there. often Islamic history preserves to us the values that animated the early Muslims not just through Quran or through Hadith but often through widely accepted literary devices that spread so widely among the early generations that people would repeat it so often that people no longer remembered whether it was hadith or not, but everyone in the early generations has memorized it. These sort of normative traditions that were preserved within the cumulative interpretive frameworks of early Muslims often speak in dialectical voices, in other words, in in paradoxical voices. Sometimes they clash with each other and sometimes they don't. But among those statements that I have always, I've heard so many people quote as a hadith, and it's not a hadith, but it was a statement memorized and repeated by the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet and by the Tabi'in, the successors, and by generations of scholars, which I think is very expressive. very expressive it says "La allah laan allah qaum al allah will the, the arabic is a little bit subtle but allah will curse or allah will allow to be cursed A people that have not sustained and protected haqq, you could put it differently. Any people who have not preserved rights, which is an essential component of justice, without haqq there is zulm, without haqq there is injustice. A people who have not preserved justice are accursed people. At one time, every educated Muslim knew the statement and it had weaved itself into the fabric of Muslim consciousness to the point that a lot of people thought it was hadith. And a lot of people today repeat it as a hadith, but it's not. It's a qawlu ma'thur. It's a part of the, the interpretive tradition of Islam. These things that we fight for the most among modern Muslims whether Muslims in the Muslim world or Muslims in the Western world or somewhere else is to continue, is to convince them that Iman means hope and that hope means insistence on an ideal and that they should never give in to simply accepting what is wrong because they see the path to changing what is wrong to be insurmountable. Hope, aspirations, is what keeps a human soul healthy and despair is what kills the soul and makes it pedantic, pedantic, marginal, and insignificant. All the words <laughs> of this, I will give you all the words if Allah will give you rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. <laughs> Recently, we had the momentous occasion of the wa of wa Nabi, wa birthday wa the wa And I was watching the celebration of Mulad al Nabi at Azhar, which was televised. And Sheikh al Azhar spoke on this occasion. And sitting in the audience with President Sisi and the members of the Egyptian government, and Sheikh al Azhar, the Azhar is over a thousand years old. This is one of the most important institutions. Of the Islamic civilization, a university that's over a thousand years old. In its heydays, people from Europe would come and study this, uni- in this university, study sciences and math. And, and Sheikh Al Azhar spoke about how in Hajjat al Wada'a, in the final speech, the Prophet. ASS2, gave in the final pilgrimage the Prophet was was leaving his ummah with the very last words, his very last will and testament. And how the Prophet ﷺ emphasized justice three times in his final speech in his final khutbah and he talked about how nothing was condemned or thoroughly um, denounced by the Quran like zulm. More than anything, 170 times the Quran denounces injustice and that there are 70, 70 hadith about the importance of justice, of adl in Islam. And it would have been a very good khutbah, but for the fact. Sheikh al-Azhar started his, his speech by praying for President Sisi, that Allah blesses him and protects him and gives him long life. Second, after this khutbah, Sheikh Al Azhar praises in Sisi for all the good work he's doing for Egypt, and promises Citi, Sisi to renew the to renew Islam, renew Islamic discourses, so that Islam will became, become, becoming, quotes, more moderate. And I thought to myself, not just the hundred million Egyptians, but the millions of Arabs, leave alone non-Arabs who convert to Islam or go come from Indonesia and Malaysia and go study in Azhar, and all the, the, the millions of Muslims that have to confront a very significant paradox. On the one hand, you are talking about how the Prophet spoke about justice and how ugly zulm is, injustice is. But you are sitting before one of the worst tyrants in modern history. Someone who's wrote human rights abuses have risen to a level of an international crime and you are praising him ignoring the hundred thousand people that are in Egyptian prisons for no crime other than speech, ignoring the rapes and torture and persecution ignoring the fact that there is a girl in Egypt called Radwa that filmed videos criticizing Sisi for his policy she of course got arrested like everyone else what does this do to the to the muslim soul what happens to a muslim who wants to believe in Islam as an upholder of the ideal of justice, but is immediately confronted with a paradox. All the people who care about justice in our modern world, who care about justice in our modern world, all the human rights activists will readily tell you, Sisi is a tyrant and one of the worst violators of human rights anywhere in the world today. And one of the biggest representatives of Islam sits there celebrating the legacy of the Prophet as an upholder of justice and a denouncer of tyranny at the same time that he is praising a horrible tyrant with a horrible human rights record. This scene for me represented our entire dilemma in the modern world, our entire dilemma in the modern world. This is why the mind of young Muslims, when it's confronted by this type of paradox, Either only cares about the insignificant and pedantic, or starts drifting away, thinking about things that they can handle, because you you can't handle this dialectical paradox between a representative of Islam talking about such a momentous occasion as the last testament of the Prophet a.s. to Muslims beware of injustice don't ever commit injustice with the full knowledge that in the same breath like all the shayukh that used to praise Saddam Hussein as a great leader at the same time that people rotted in Saddam Hussein's prisons For those American Muslims who think that somehow Islam in the West has little to do with Islam in Saudi or Islam in Egypt or Islam in China or Islam in Myanmar, you are inventing a religion other than Islam. The Prophet and the Quran teaches us that Muslims are but one brothers and sisters. The one thing about a Muslim is that as a single ummah we are all affected and influenced by what happens to any of us, any place, any time. Let me close yesterday as I was doing Dua SubhanAllah you memorize the Quran but often it is as if you are hearing certain verses for the first time in your life with a very powerful impact This is from Surah Al Araf, verse 164. Look it up and read it and reflect on it. Waiza kalat ummatun minhum, Lima taizuna koma, Allahumuhlikum, Al Muazibum Azab and Shadida, Kalum Aziratan, Ila Rabbikum, Wala Allahum Yattakun. Some people say, this is the Qur'an talking to us, Surah Al-Arab. Some people say, why do you speak? Why do you speak amongst the people where there is no hope? These people, there's so much injustice, so much wrong that they're already doomed. And there is just simply no point, no hope. Why? Why even bother? Why even put put the effort? And the Qur'anic expression is unbelievable. (laughs) We do it because of our relationship to Allah. we do it because Allah expects us to do it whether we think anyone is listening or not listening as Imam Ali radiAllahu Anhu said لا تستوحش طريق الحق لقلّة سالكيه don't you dare as you walk in the path of truth look around you and see that no one is walking with you and stop marching forward because that is the only thing that Allah expects from you is to continue marching forward even if no no one accompanies you along that path Allah forgive our sins guide us towards a righteous past, inspire in us the love of justice and the hate and intense dislike of injustice, oppression and tyranny. And bless our lives and families and all our affairs with your light and your guidance. Ya Ali Ya Sallallahu Alaihi Muhammad wa welcome